0: I wanted to be an activist from a very young age and I knew that people's contribution to their community is important for creating a more equal community. So I had been passionate about activism and I think that's partly because of the activism of my dad as well. When you have a role model in in your house, that inspires you to become an activist I also wonder sometimes, I'm like, why did I choose this? And even for me, it's really hard to find the answer. And to be honest, we all would go through these questions sometimes to wonder why we picked this path and not the other. I like uh, connecting with people. I like reminding people to play a better role in creating a safer, peaceful community for, for everyone else. And I do not think that everyone should become like an activist who does protest on the street every day. Activism has a broader definition as well where everyone can play a role in their profession, in their capacity, uh, in their workspace, whether they are playing that role as a dad in their home or as a teacher in a school or as a doctor in a hospital. There is a role that we all can play with responsibility where we ensure that we are bringing more positives to the world.
1: When you talk about activism, it's any act you take, it could be in your private home, in your community, or national or international level, but it's an act you decide on in order to advance a a cause that's important to the future of the world. Is that how you think about activism?
0: 100% activism is deliberate actions that we take, and it could be on a small individual level, or it could be on a bigger level. It could be a collective action as well, together with a group or, or organization. And I know we can narrow down the definition, and uh, and and you know it's it, it's a whole different field. But in general, I think that everyone has the opportunity uh, to become an activist.
1: Here you are age twenty five, and you've got a, an organization that is globally known, the Malala Fund, campaigning for what you believe in and actively supporting what you believe in education for all, especially for girls. And you've set a goal, along with the UN goals, that every girl should be in school by 2030. And here we are in 2023. And I see what you're trying to do now in Afghanistan, where things seem to be in that respect going Mm -hmm. backwards. How do you think about the next few years? What impacts do you want to make on the world? What do you hope to achieve?
0: At Malala Fund, we work in three ways. One is to support local education activists. Second is holding leaders to account in the commitments that they have made for education. And then the last one is amplifying girls' voices around the world. And in our advocacy, we are focusing on financing for education. There's a huge gap in financial contribution and support for education. And for as long as that gap is there, we would see lack of schools, uh, supplies, infrastructure, teachers, books, and other facilities. On the other hand, we also know that Leaders need to take it a bit more seriously and run campaigning, run initiatives that can encourage more parents to send their daughters, to send their kids to schools. And we also know that it is not just limited to the role of the government, but NGOs and other activists can also play a role where they can engage with the communities directly. They can engage with the parents and encourage them to send their uh, kids to school and girls themselves can become activists as well, and their power, their voice can be really powerful in spreading the message of uh, girls' education.
1: If I could just ask something challenging, because I've seen education in developing countries all over the world, and in developed countries, and sometimes I see money is raised, and the the way it's spent doesn't result in yeah. what you would hope for or what I hope for. I've walked off the street into a school, I won't name the country, and seen children there, but the teachers not working. I've walked into empty school buildings that have been built where there are no teachers in more than one country. I think, yes, I do want to raise all that money, but also I want to ensure that the people who raise the money then turn it into really effective implementation of education policy that benefits the children currently in school. How does the Malala Fund think about that challenge? Because it's quite real.
0: Yeah. I I fully agree and I have also seen it like growing up in Pakistan in uh, some parts of The country, you see ghost schools. These are just empty schools with no teachers, no students. Or there could be a classroom of 100 students with just one teacher. And that is from grade one to five. Like, how can one teacher teach all those grades all at once? Or uh, they just put a tick mark in in a register and they show their attendance, but never actually teach the students. So at the same time, there's lack of sanitary products. And when girls are on their periods, they miss days of school if they do not have the facilities or if they do not have... Toilets or other transport facilities as well. Safety is also an issue. My view is that firstly, it requires work from all sides. You need to think about the school, you need to think about the teachers, you need to think about the students, the parents, and you need to be addressing the issues from all sides. Along with that, the organizations who do advocacy for financing for education or um or improvement in in the quality of education need to stay there like don't go anywhere until the job is done and that's yes. why malala fund is not going anywhere uh, it is a lot of work and to be honest like this organization has been there for 10 years now and i have learned so much along the way initially when i was asked about what i wanted to do i said i want every girl to be in school that's it and they said no, no, like just you know pick one country or maybe one village. And I said no, 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 like we have to work for all girls. We're not going to leave any girl behind. So that was a big commitment. And I learned along the way that yes, we need to start from somewhere, and uh, we will grow with time. But I believe that if leaders have made this commitment that by 2030 all children, including girls, should have access to safe, quality, and free education, then. They need to fulfill that commitment. It is their promise. They have made the promise. We are just reminding them that don't forget that promise. Don't forget the girls, don't forget the children. They are the future. And we know that education is important, not just for the children, but for our global economy as well, for our national economies as well. When girls have access to complete quality education, it adds up to $30 trillion to the world economy. When girls are educated, they are much safer. They are in a better position to protect their rights themselves as well. They're more likely to have a safer and healthier family. We are also more likely to have improved economies and less likely to go into wars. So if you look at the research work for like a sustainable future, for also addressing climate-related issues, Gender equality and girls' education is always there. It's in the top recommendations. It's at the center of most of these problems.